You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, I am Martina Cunha and you are listening to Backstage Talk. Hello everyone, welcome back. Today's guest is from all across the pond. I have here with me Tommy Antonio. He is a Scottish songwriter, composer and multi-instrumentalist based between Edinburgh and London. He studied jazz performance at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama in London, where he developed a playful flair for composition and songwriting. Tommy, thank you so much for coming over. It is an honor and a pleasure. Such a pleasure for me. Thanks for having me aboard. So, tell us a little bit about your journey as an artist, as a composer, an instrumentalist, and a songwriter. Wow. Um, so, lots to lots to talk about. Um, well, I, I'll admit that um, I'm quite late to the game of musical theatre. Um, I, I, I was, as a teenager, I was, I was a jazz musician. Uh, it was all jazz, no words, no singing. I was obsessed. I was on my contrabasso um, uh, up in Scotland. Um, but as soon as I got, as soon as I got to music college, um, I start, I discovered songwriting, and and fell in love. And it was. Again, not musical theatre quite yet. It was um, it was songwriters like Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell and these American sort of folk songwriters, Leonard Cohen, um, who completely enchanted me. Um, although I was I was pretty interested I, in in cabaret, which I saw at school and performed in, and Bugsy Malone, um, and then the Pajama Game, which which was on at my college. I was enjoying them, but it would take another 10 years before I thought, Hey, let, let's try this. Um, and, uh, yeah, only when I was, ooh, uh, yeah, just, just past my 30th birthday. Um, did I, I, I enrolled in a course, this amazing thing. And I, I, I recommend it to anybody who's, who's, who's into musicals in, in, in London. It was like, feels like writing them. It's called book music and lyrics. And it's, uh, it's basically like, I call it like musical therapy <laughs> because you, you get, you get into a room with, um, with another 12 uh, people who, who just, who just love, love the form. And then some, some writers who are much more experienced and directors and, and uh, dramaturgs. And, um, 
you 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 get assigned scenes from plays or perhaps um perhaps asked to create a story of your own and every week you bring a song timidly to the you know to the feet of these people and and you show it you play it and then you get a critique from the whole circle on 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 how it's how it's uh good perhaps or how it really needs some work and my god you learn fast because um there's <laughs> there's 12 other 12 opinions and 12 people to try and try and please um but then you also get a sense of this wonderful collaborative nature of musical theater where people are people are just so keen to um to be involved in your story um to make it sing and to ask questions about why 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 this character why this story why this why this moment why this song this key um so that was really informative and um i was lucky enough to meet um my writing partner jenny uh jenny wharton who who's a playwright um but is also was also keen on writing songs and i'd never written a play and she'd never written a song and so we met and i was i was the you know the songwriter and she and she so she's taught me about drama and i've taught her hopefully you know a little um about about song writing um um although i think i think she's probably taught me a lot more than i've taught her uh she's incredible and we started writing together and and pitched a, an idea to uh the roldal estate this is roldal's grandson who who runs this um this sort of roldal empire and it was a story a very small story like a one one that's not very well known um seo trot which is tortoise spelled backwards and it's it's a charming story and we wrote the songs and they loved it but they were like i don't think we can find an audience for this book because no one knows what it is so then they so so we were like okay disappointed but then they turned around and they said hey do the twits instead and i'm like oh my god i i i grew up with that story i read it as a child it was on my shelf my my brothers and sisters love it my mum read it my nephews and nieces are reading it it blew my mind so that's how that it emerged and it was just a lot of luck and and um a bit of uh um yeah a bit of bit of application there and i suppose over covid I'll just, I just keep on talking. I think. Yes. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, uh, you know, this, uh, this, uh, this new life as a, as a sort of songwriter um, has emerged during the pandemic in, in a way that's quite unexpected. And I, I, I was performing, I was doing gigs with, um, I was doing concerts with, with bands and running choirs and um, uh, touring round, round, uh, around the world. And, um, and then the pandemic just stopped that. And I suddenly found myself with sort of opportunity to write and, 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 the, and the love of it as well. So life has changed a lot. Um, my life as an instrumentalist is sort of slowed down. Um, and my life as a songwriter has, has, has gotten, gotten some, uh, gotten a boost, let's say. Um, so it's musical theater primarily and, and also some pop music, which I love, um, love to do. So some things on Spotify, which are not mu not for musicals, but just, uh, you know, to go on the radio and, um, 
so yeah that that's where I am at the moment. I love it. Talk to to us a little bit about uh, Rebel, this musical mm. in which you've worked in the book, in the lyrics, and the music. Yeah, well, you've alighted on something. You've alighted on something problematic with the title, because um, of course, Rebel can be can be called Rebel, like an order. Rebel, man, <laughs> or Rebel, like she's a rebel. I'm not sure which one it is. So. Um, You know, maybe it, it it could be either. Um, well, during you know, as I got into musical theatre, um, I I was like, I tell you what, I was a little bit frustrated because there's a lot of, I think musicals are incredible, but they're very expensive, and um, as a songwriter, they're expensive. So and it feels like there's maybe a bit of restriction around you know what stories are, what stories are not allowed, but the stories that are going to get traction easily. Um, and I was asking people, you know, hey, let me join in with your story. Let me join in with your project as a songwriter. And finding that um, I, I wanted to be in the driver's seat. I wanted, I wanted to be able to say, I like this story for these reasons, and I want to create it, and I think it can work here. And um, so I started writing the book as well. And um, that's it's been a massive learning curve um again my my um my compatriot um jenny wharton has been acting as a dramaturg on 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 rebel um teaching me even more about about the drama um and oh, it's been it's been incredible to be able to formulate a story from it's it's from i mean it's a true story that's that's there but of course we don't know the conversations that occurred and i think this is the magic of trying to um trying to reach into history and pull out um pull out some captivating sort of characters is to is to imagine what might have been said but but also through the eyes of modern the modern day um so the language i'm using is very modern the um the music is reflective of uh Of, of the uh, Scottish of Scottish traditional music um, there's a bit of there's quite a lot of swearing as well because uh, I think <laughs> I mean my experience of Scotland was that there was a lot of that um, <laughs> and uh, I grew up in a family where we swore a lot and um, I, I quite enjoy it as a, as a sort of mode of expression so Yeah, the language is the language is taking shape, um, uh, and it, it's also fun to try and characterize the sort of environment where I grew up it, as as a child, which was on the west coast of Scotland, which which is near the Atlantic, um, and so a bit closer to Colombia than than where I am now. Um, and and there we I lived in a village, and there were these characters who I remember as a you know as a six year old. As being so, so kind of, well, I remember them as caricatures. Now, um, there was, you know, the 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 bin man who who you could never understand a word of, and the the guy in the shop who was from Yorkshire and and sort of was so big. Uh, I mean, I was only six, so I guess he was just looked in, enormous to me. Um, these characters, and I, I I used to know them, and the. The um the fishermen who would fire golf balls at us off their roof, 
when we went to swim. Um, and I remember this feeling of being quite held in a community and um, and just and, 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 and going to these um, what we call a Cayley. A Cayley is like a Scottish country dance on the weekend and knowing everyone there and um, feeling that strong sense of community. And, and I, I kind of want to recreate that and kind of go home um, and, and also get back in touch with Scotland because I've, I've lived in London now for 15 years and I want to, uh, I want to know it again. So writing Rebel and, um, uh, and, and you know, getting commissioned by uh, Pitt Lockery Festival Theatre and Capital Theatres is, is an opportunity for me to spend time there, to learn the language again, to learn the history that I didn't even know. Um, and also celebrate uh, this, this woman, Anne McIntosh's life. She, she is largely an unsung hero of a very important chapter in Scotland's history. And um, I, think, I think she, honestly, I think she deserves to have her, her name, you know, in, in, in the songs and and to to have her story told and it's not it's I haven't felt that before but I'm I'm really looking forward to showing people what she what she did or my or my my take on what she did and that sounds fun um listeners you can go into Tommy's website and you will find two songs from this development project um and they are amazing. I really enjoyed listening to them. Thank Tommy, you. no, thank you. Um, how has this whole development process been for you? Because you've you've juggled between lyrics, music, and book. Mm -hmm. Um, gosh, well, it's I'm I'm definitely a lyrics first songwriter. And actually, I don't really write it. I'm not really writing at the piano either. I'm writing in a chair upstairs. Um, the music as well. Um, so the process of writing the book, music and lyrics meant that I actually haven't, I'm in my studio right now, I'm talking to you in my studio. I haven't really been here for months because I've been upstairs writing writing lyrics and melodies, which which is my happy place. So I think I've, I've done more of what I've enjoyed. And... Um, but now, you know, it's time to orchestrate. So it's back to the computer and the scores. And um, I think in terms of being a storyteller, I feel like I've developed um, quite a lot and learned a lot about how hard it is. <laughs> and I, I think I probably underestimated that. Um, you know, I've been writing songs for about 15 years. And so that, that comes very naturally. It's definitely where my strength lies. So the process of the process of writing dialogue and, and digging into character and really trying to trying to be the authority in this world of, you know, you know, I'm the only one who knows what these characters want and what they do, and what they love, what they're after. Um, and so it's it's, uh, you know, it, it's a process of. Um, I think it's a process of writing the character, but also letting the character write you. Um, they're, they, the character is, uh, these characters seem like they're telling me what they should be. Um, and that perhaps that's just a sort of a way of talking about the subconscious process. But, you know, I, um, 
I've gradually been finding that I, I you know, I, I identify with some and, and I think there are others who I'm quite scared of. And, and so the battle between, for example, Anne McIntosh, this um, feisty, um, forceful and incredibly courageous character, very passionate and very, um, I think, very fiery. Um, she's mirrored in quite a similar way between the, you know, Hamilton and, oh, who's the guy who killed Hamilton? Aaron Burr. Um, yeah, so uh, Hamilton and Aaron Burr are very different people. Um, and they, you know, they're, 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 they're constantly sort of at odds. Um, and uh, Anne McIntosh, I mean, historically, and her husband were, were at odd, odds with each other as well. She, she married, she married him. He was, older an, an older richer man and um she married him and when it came to battle when it came to the rebellion um she, he he joined the side of of the english um and she joined the side of the scottish um they joined different sides in a war and they're a married couple i just thought oh my gosh i mean an incredible thing for her to do. And she, um, she raised an army, um, to fight against him. I just thought, wow, so many, there's so much fire in this, in, in this incredible woman. But actually, I honestly, I see more of myself in him, in Angus, her, her husband. Um, and that's, that's emerged more and more as I've written it, um, uh, which has been very interesting, uh, to, to, um, to be a part of. That's amazing. And it sounds like a really fun process. I love that as a writer, one gets to a point in which literally, yes, you have like whole creative control of things, but characters are leading the way on the story. And I think that that's an important part in the writing process because you you may have thought about something for a character and suddenly it turns around and the character says mm -mm, that that doesn't work for me this works best and i mm -hmm. think it's a very part a very important part of the of the writing process i i i think further to that it's 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 not just writing characters i think it's writing music and writing um certainly writing music there's, there's a sense in which the uh The song will lead you somewhere and you've just kind of got to get out of the way um i think certainly with melodies um they usually know where they want to go and uh yeah i th I, th i think al allowing them allowing them to fly off where they want is is, is a, a useful skill not always possible if, if, if you're feeling a bit bit controlling but um yeah it's 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 essential i think What in your in your experience writing songs and now diving into writing book, what does it take to write musical theater? Mm, well, um, you know, as I've already described, I'm I'm not too far down the line. So take my advice with my my insight with a pinch of salt. I'm not sure I have loads, but um, I know what it's like to write outside of the theater and inside because I've been a composer and songwriter outside of it 
for longer than I've been in. And I think what I noticed um, immediately is that, you know, there are, I think when you start, when I started writing for, you know, for, for theatrical kind of situations, for scenes, for characters, realized that music, um, and this was quite hard to appreciate, music is, music is a, a very, I'm not going to call it, I'm not going to call it a, a secondary thing, but um, character and drama are so primary um, that, you know, they, they, are, they are the sort of the driving force of the entire thing, that a beautiful melody isn't enough. It has to be a beautiful melody that describes what's happening between the, per you know, for the person who's singing. And this harmony, although it's, although it's rather nice, rather... You know, you, you quite like playing it at the piano. Maybe you quite like hearing it. Maybe it's quite similar to that Beatles song you heard. If it doesn't describe what's happening on stage right now, then it's not doing its job. And I thought, wow, this is so different to writing pop music, for example, where mm -hmm. you can write anything you want. It doesn't have to describe um, a dramatic situation. It doesn't have to let you know that there's fear um, there's you know the, the, this person is scared or they, these two are in love um so th this has been the biggest learning curve is to always be <laughs> always be in service of of, of of the drama um and to become a dramatist with music um and i think my probably my default and what i'm having to sort of unlearn is is to just write melodies that that I enjoy, that I love the sound of. Sort of like the, I mean, I think Alan Menken is a very is is a great dramatist. He he also writes very beautiful melodies. Um, uh, I think he manages to marry the two. But I, I saw um, I saw South Pacific um, a, a week ago at Chichester Festival Theatre, which is this wonderful um, progressive theatre in, in in England. And there's a song in there, um, which which sort of asks it has two people, two men talking about whether you learn. It's quite, you know it's quite a tough subject. Whether you learn, whether you're born um, a racist or you learn it. It's 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 such a sort of um, hot sort of subject today, um, especially since since. Um, uh, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and, you know, mm -hmm. especially over the last couple of years. And the music that Richard Rogers um, wrote, because it's, of course, it's a Rogers and Hammerstein musical, um, was, is so, uh, is essentially a song that reminds me of, um, reminds me of, a, of dancing on a summer's day. It sounds, it sounds like, a, it sounds like a party. And uh, there's something between the subject matter and, and the music which clash so completely. Um, it, it sort of made me it made me think, wow, what, you know, how, how, how could this how could this describe this conversation better? And um, I suppose musicals, musical writers, Stephen Sondheim, especially, I suppose, who, you know, have progressed the emotional content of music so far that uh, so far past that. Um, but it was a great reminder um, that a beautiful melody isn't enough. Um, 
and he suppose he's the master of beautiful melodies as well so um yeah i i find myself in service to drama now um and try to always remember it um yeah that's amazing um tommy one last question what would be your best piece of advice for young writers well um i i would say uh i think one of the best things that i found um that i have found i'm 34 now i don't think i class as young <laughs> certainly don't class as young um but i'm young to this craft so i'm you know and i might i'm not i haven't done it i haven't done it for that long i'm not i'm not to songwriting but new to musical theater um the biggest difference that i've ever made to my writing has been to um to stop messing around and start writing every single day um and it was about three years ago having written songs for 15 years i finally agreed with myself that um i would become i would replace novelty with nuance and what by that i mean um i was i was writing i was writing um soundtracks i was writing for adverts i was um writing arrangements for people's bands i was doing orchestration alongside um concerts and teaching and and all these sort of all these sort of things and only when i agreed agreed with myself that you know writing songs was my my grand passion and there was nothing else that i preferred um did i start doing it for eight hours a day and the my progress i felt was was huge and and it's it was just you know the more of it you do the the better you will get um so that i i you know i think i think more is more in terms of pushing songs out of yourself and just going for the next one and the next one and the next one um but um you know and i i i think i think it's important to i've spent a long time writing not many songs and just rewriting them rewriting them and rewriting them and feeling so precious about this one song that i swear is going to be the best song in the world if i ever finish it and oh my god it's such a it felt like it feels like such a waste of time um having emerged from that um so i think you know write a song and if it's a bad one move on and 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 you know a hundred songs in they'll get better um i think you know the other things that pop to mind are um you know is is to get steven sondheim both of steven sondheim's lyric books they are the bible incredible um i think there are wonderful um wonderful videos online from the dramat uh, the i think it's called the Dram dramatist guild um where where there are interviews with Stephen Schwartz and Alan Menken and um fantastic fantastic writers who talk about their process um there are interviews with Stephen Sondheim um most of which I you know I we've probably both listened to them but um he talks clearly about his process and work I just think there's so much to learn from him um the process of reading scripts and and libretto and uh, you know downloading pdfs of them buying them in shops um 
is incredible to really see the context where these songs occur and, and get a feel for what sort of lyrics write, um, are, are being written. Seeing them on the page, I think, has just been extraordinary. Um, and I th I'm, a, I'm a massive advocate of the perfect rhyme. And I think there's something interesting in this, which I, which I, which I discovered when um, I was writing a pop song, in fact, but um, it, I, I was writing, uh, the line was bound to fall in love, which is a sort of cover of a Kanye West song, but I was kind of rewriting it. And I, I, I sort of challenged myself to find all of the phrases that would rhyme with those three, bound to fall in love, um, found called dove and and make these sentences and finding that the the process of searching for perfect rhymes um uh rather than half rhymes searching for perfect rhymes would actually deliver meaning mm -hmm. they would they would throw up they would throw up these little um these little vignettes these little um scenes um and so i think there's something i think there's something really interesting where a technical a creative constraint can force you to find um, a phrase or a, or a or a or a little scene that you never would have found before, um, and you know alongside that, I think the creative constraint of saying, okay, this song, um, you know, every every line must begin with H, or this song has to be in F sharp major because I never play in that key, or this song has to, and this is something that Paul Simon does. Um, this song has to use every note, this melody has to use every note in the chromatic scale. Um, there are interesting, interesting tricks to force yourself to um, move out of your comfort zone. Um, so uh, those are things I think about. Um, and uh, I suppose at the moment for me, I'm trying to write simultaneously write away from the piano so that my hands don't force me into places that I always go, but then also to become a better pianist so that my hands can do more. Um, I love it. Yeah, so that's that's where I'm at. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think some of those things have helped me along. I love it. Tommy, thank you so much for being over. I want to know which are your top five favorite musical theater shows? Oh, well, I'd say the first one I loved was Book of Mormon. I think it was my gateway drug. Um, and uh, I saw the London, I saw the London performance and, and, and that, that started me writing my first musical, which was about Adam and Eve. Um, very rude, very reverent, very fun. Um, um, I've, I've always loved Hamilton. Actually, no, I haven't always loved Hamilton. I do, I do love it now. I didn't in the beginning, but now I really do. I think, I think it's a, a masterful piece of work. Um, Oklahoma has such a place in my heart. The, the lyric to um, Surrey with the fringe on top just kills me every time. Um, <laughs> Cabaret um, is, is extraordinary. I mean, I, I think it probably has a special place in my heart because we did it at school and I was the MC and I just loved being a part of it. But it's it's dark it's playful it's funny it's sexy i think it's got it's got so much that i that i love um i, I really want to include something from harrod ashman um um the you know the 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 work with 
Howard Ashman and Alan Menken just thrills me, and especially that documentary on Disney at the moment um, about about Howard's work. Um, I suppose since the since most of them are movies, I'll take Little Shop of Horrors because that's um, that's their Broadway work. Um, although the lyrics to uh, the lyrics in Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast just kill me. I just I just think he's masterful. Um, and I've got one more, I think. I think we've got one more. Go ahead. Um, oh, it's got to be Stephen Sondheim. Um, and I think it's going to be Company. And um, specifically the version, there's a PBS TV version that was done with actor musicians, which is on YouTube. And it's just, just mind-blowing. It, it presents the work in such an amazing way. It's actor musicianship at its best. Um, and it's 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 seamless. Um, and... It would either be that or into the woods, but right now I think I'm on company. I love it. Tommy, thank you so much. Thank you for letting me pick your brain and dive into your process, your mind, where you're at right now. Thank you so much for coming over on Backstage Talk. Thanks, Martin. It's been an absolute pleasure. I wish you the best. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Backstage Talk. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Backstage Talk Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.